0: Well, good morning again, everyone. This morning, I wanna just ask you to picture something in your mind. I want you to think of a time that you've seen a child receive a gift that they were really, really excited about. And when you think of that time, what did, what did that child do when they received that gift? How did they show their excitement and gratitude? Did they shout? Maybe they jumped up and down. Maybe they ran to give a huge hug to the person who gave them the gift. Did they show other people their gift? They probably did a lot of those things. And I wonder why. I mean, probably because they were so happy. They couldn't contain their feelings and their joy. It was just a spontaneous overflow of excitement that came out of them in physical ways. And today I want to share about a time in scripture when there were some people who had this sense of excitement and joy. Jerusalem on a donkey, right before the Passover feast, on what we call Palm Sunday, what we're celebrating today. Let's read about what happened. We're going to read in John 12, 12 through 15 from the NASB. It says, On the next day, when the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took the branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him and began shouting. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, indeed, the King of Israel. Jesus, finding a young donkey, sat on it. As it is written, do not fear, daughter of Zion. Behold, your King is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. The people shouted loudly and waved palm branches. They used their bodies to express what they were feeling. They must've made quite a ruckus. And this is because they believed that Jesus was the coming King, the liberator they'd been waiting for, who'd throw off the power of Rome and reestablish the kingdom of Israel. They shouted in anticipation to honor and exalt Jesus. They waved palm branches as a sign and symbol of victory to welcome a liberator. What I want you to take away from this sermon or this story today is just like that child who received a gift, that I mentioned earlier, the people spontaneously praise Jesus in physical ways. And as I continue the sermon series that I'll be preaching throughout this year on musical praise and worship, today I wanna talk about physical expressions of praise and worship. And the first big idea or question that I want us to address today is what exactly are physical expressions of worship? What does it mean? to worship God in a physical way. Well, a simple definition is just physical actions that express praise and worship to God. It's using our bodies in some way to praise God. We can definitely praise God through silent prayer, but just like a child receiving that much anticipated gift, sometimes our feelings toward God, whether love, gratitude, reverence, or praise, require a greater expression than silent prayer. And sometimes our physical expressions of worship may not come from an overwhelming feeling, like somebody crying because they're so overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it may be something that we choose to do as a sign of submission or as a conscious decision to express worship in a way that's new to us. So let's talk about what are different types of physical expressions of praise and worship. The majority of examples are found in the Psalms, but really you can see throughout scripture, examples of people worshiping God in physical ways. And today, as I share these examples, I know you might be thinking, well, Emily's talking about this because she likes to sing and she likes to do, like use physical expressions of worship. But sure, that could be part of my motivation But ultimately, as I was studying this, it just became so clear that there's biblical precedent and many biblical commands to use our bodies to express our praise and worship to God. And this isn't just something that I like to do. It's something God calls us to do. And even as I was preparing this, I just realized, wow, God, I have a lot of growing to do in how I worship you and how I use my own body to worship you. Let's look at Psalm 33. 1 to 3 in the NIV. It says, sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the 10-stringed lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. Singing and playing instruments are pretty common physical expressions of worship. We do them most every Sunday. We pretty much all sing Maybe only one or a few people play instruments, but there are things that that we're pretty used to. They're pretty common. But in scripture, it tells us to sing to God, to sing joyfully. It tells us to play skillfully on our instruments. And we'll talk a lot more about singing in an upcoming sermon. Just, you know, why singing? Why is is there so much emphasis on singing in the Bible? But for today, let's focus on some of the other expressions. In Psalm 47.1 in the NIV, it says, clap your hands. All you nations, shout to God with cries of joy. So many times we clap to the beat of the music, we clap for performers, but can we clap for God? Can we express our adoration and our praise for him? And in ancient biblical cultures, many times they would strike their hands or even use the word clap to clap their hands together to confirm a purchase or a contract. And so we can also look at clapping as a sign of our relationship with God or saying, yes, God, I agree with you. Something that's maybe even less common that we don't do that often is is to shout. But I know that you guys have it in you to shout because I've been with some of you at, at Super Bowl parties and I have seen you shouting at your team or at another team. So I know that it's in there somewhere. But when we shout for God, it's often an expression of praise like shouting the word hallelujah. Sometimes congregations shout together in a moment of praise. Sometimes they're clapping their hands and shouting at the end of a praise and worship song or just in a spontaneous moment of worship. Something else that you may or may not do or you may not be that familiar with is lifting our hands in worship. In scripture, lifting the hands is often associated with prayer. And we see this in Psalm 63, four in the NIV. It says, I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. And when we sing praise and worship songs, we could consider that another form of prayer, especially if we're focusing on the words, the lyrics to the song, if we're singing them straight to God. And so in this way, lifting our hands in prayer and also praise is completely appropriate. But I was looking at, you know, some different reasons why we do that, why we lift our hands to God. And and one author had some different ideas and things to say. The first was that it happens in scripture. And if it happens in scripture and it's done as an offering to God, it's pretty likely that that's a good reason. But another reason is to lift your hands as a sign of surrender to God or vulnerability before God. It's telling God, I have nothing to hide. I'm holding nothing back from you. And we can also lift our hands to express our dependence on God. Do you remember the people waving palm branches and shouting Hosanna on Palm Sunday that we read about? Well, the word Hosanna literally means give salvation now. It's like crying out, God, save me. And when we raise our hands to God, we can ask him for help. We can say, God, I need you. I can't do it without you. Another reason that we can lift up our hands is holding our hands open to receive from God because we know that God is the giver of all good gifts. And the last one is just lifting our hands as an expression of love to God. I mean, think about all the children you've probably seen in your life who lift their hands up just asking their parents to hold them. And we can do this to God because we love him and we can say, God, I need you, hold me. There's a lot of different reasons to lift your hands to worship God. And another example is dancing. This may not be one we do very often, but there's a great example of it in 2 Samuel 2, 14 to 15 in the NASB. It says, and David was dancing before the Lord with all his strength, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel were bringing up the Ark of the Lord with joyful shouting and the sound of the trumpet. David danced in celebration because they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant, the place where God's presence dwelled, to Jerusalem to be in the place where they were honoring and worshiping God. This is also a great example of spontaneous worship. They were just so excited and overwhelmed that they just, he couldn't do anything but dance. But now let's talk about an example that we've probably all done, standing. And I just want you to think for a minute in your own heart, be honest. Have you ever complained in your mind or out loud about how many praise and worship songs we sing or how long we have to stand up in the service. As pastors and praise and worship leaders, we don't ask you to stand because we want you to get tired out or because that's just what we do. We ask you to stand because it's a really important way that God's people worship him. There are so many examples in scripture. I'm just gonna share three. One of the reasons in scripture that we stand is in reverence of God's presence. In Exodus 33:10, 10 in the NIV, it says, whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshiped each at the entrance to their tent. The tent that we're talking about with the pillar of cloud is the tent of meeting. It was one of the places that God met with Moses when Israel was in the wilderness. God would be present with the people in a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire And whenever they could see his presence physically in front of the tent of meeting, they would stand and they would worship God in reverence. Another reason that people stand is to proclaim or declare the truth about God. Prophets were told throughout scripture to stand and proclaim God's messages to people. And when we sing praise and worship songs, so many times we are proclaiming truths about God, about who he is, about what he does. So that's a great reason to stand. And the last reason is we stand to thank and praise God. All the people were standing to worship God when Solomon dedicated the temple in 2 Chronicles 7-6. And actually, I'm going to read uh, from that verse, 2 Chronicles 7-6 in the NIV. It says, the priests took their positions, as did the Levites, with the Lord's musical instruments which King David had made for praising the Lord and which were used when he gave thanks, saying his love endures forever. Opposite the Levites, the priests blew their trumpets and all the Israelites were standing. So they were standing because they were, again, praising God, thanking him that they had finally been able to complete his temple and they were dedicating it to him. So we stand to thank and praise God. And, you know, people stand for a lot of things. For example, many countries ask their people to stand for their national anthem. And at the Olympics, when the national anthem of the gold medalist is played, the people from that nation stand up. Everyone else may not really care because it's not their own country, but for those who are from that nation, they're often moved by in that moment, they're standing and they're, they're representing their nation. And they feel so proud to be representing their country. Standing up, Has significance. So I wonder, will we stand to worship the Lord? The last couple of ways I want to talk about are bowing down and kneeling. Bowing down could be laying prostrate with your face to the ground, or it could be some other type of bowing. Or you could also kneel. And both of these expressions are a way to physically show the position of submission and reverence that we want our hearts to always take towards God. We read about this in Psalm 95, six to seven in the NIV. It says, come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. I hope that with all of these biblical examples you'll start to understand that physical expressions of praise and worship are important. In fact, of the 110 times that the word worship is used in the Old Testament, 83 are the same Hebrew word that means to bow down. And it's similar in the New Testament with the word worship meaning bow down. So if one of the most common words for worship in the Bible is a physical expression, it's bowing down. And I think that shows that expressing worship in physical ways is significant. So now let's talk more about this. Let's talk about the next big idea, which is the question, why? Why are physical expressions of praise and worship important? Why do they matter? Well, the first reason is because they're a sacrifice. We read about this sacrifice in Romans 12.1 in the NIV. It says, therefore... I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. In the Old Testament, worship didn't just involve going to festivals or singing or playing instruments. A major part of their worship was animal sacrifices. And Jesus' death on the cross took the place of all animal sacrifices. But we're still called to offer our own bodies as living sacrifices. Worship is not about us. Sometimes we may feel good singing praise and worship songs. Sometimes we really won't. But ultimately, worship is not for our enjoyment. It's meant to be a sacrifice to God. I was thinking about another reason that worshiping God with our bodies is important. And that's because they serve, these expressions serve as reminders. Lifting our hands, bowing down, even singing can remind us of how great God is and how much we love Him when we might not feel like praising God or worshiping Him. And somebody might say, well, that's fake. If your heart's not in it, then you shouldn't do it. But I would say that it's more of a sacrifice with the intention of bringing your body and your emotions in line with what you know. In your mind. Another reason that physical expressions of worship are important is because they're physical signs of loving God with all that we are. A verse we've been reading a lot lately is Luke 10 27 in the NIV. It says, He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself whether it's a conscious choice that we're making to express love to God in a physical way or whether it's spontaneous and it's just something that wells up inside of us. All of these actions are displays of love for God. And if we're going to love God with our heart, our soul, our mind and strength, with everything we are, don't you think that our bodies are a part of this? Another reason these are important is because they create connection between you and God. When you love someone, you're going to show it in tangible ways. And often we're willing to do something about it. Because if we only tell someone we love them, but we never do anything else that would ever lead someone to believe or lead them to believe we love them, then it might seem like our love's not genuine. And so physical expressions of worship, they're not the only way of showing love to God, of course, but they are a significant way they are a physical action that, that shows more than just telling or saying. And you know, many times people use their bodies to celebrate or honor those they admire, those they adore. At some types of concerts, people might stand for hours. They raise their hands, they shout to, to ask for an encore. At a play or a musical or even a classical music performance, people clap for a long time and they often give standing ovations. And at sporting events, well, there's so many things. You guys all know, people stand up, they shout, they high-five their neighbor, they do victory dances. There's all kinds of things they do to celebrate or praise their team. And so with that in mind, the last reason that physical expressions of worship are important is because they show that we worship God above all else. If we're willing to honor and appreciate people who perform well, then, and if those physical expressions come out spontaneously, almost naturally, how can we not do even more to praise and worship our savior and our creator? When was the last time you felt so overcome with a sense of awe or thanksgiving that all you could do was stand up or bow down or shout? or lift your hands to God. And even though physical expressions of worship are important, how come we don't always do them? That's the next big question is why is it hard for some people to express their worship in a physical way? Some people don't like to express much much emotion or physical celebration or praise, no matter what it's for. I'm sure there are some of you that would say, it would take a whole lot for you to really voluntarily stand up or applaud or or shout or show some type of emotion for something. Another reason this is hard is that we worry what other people might think and we don't want to draw attention to ourselves. We don't want to be weird. Because we've probably all been to some type of Christian worship gathering where we saw someone worshiping God in a way that we were uncomfortable with. Maybe it was people raising their hands or dancing, shouting, waving a flag or blowing a shofar, which is a ram's horn. Maybe we thought it was weird. And another reason is that we've never done it before. New things feel scary. It's way easier to do what we've always done than try something new, especially for some people. And I've been thinking about this and realized that In the Bible and in a lot of ancient civilizations, people bowed down to kings and queens. Some people were forced to, others did it because they really revered that king or queen. And even today, a lot of countries still have royalty. And so people there are accustomed to bowing in some way or to doing a curtsy. But in the USA, we don't bow to anyone, not even to the president. So I wonder if that makes it just a bit harder for us to really physically show our submission to God because it's not something we do really for anybody. But just because something is unfamiliar or uncomfortable, do we want it to keep us from growing in our relationship with God and growing in our expressions of worship to God? So the last question or the last big idea that I wanna talk about is how can we grow in learning to express praise and worship physically? I read a blog post about this and it gave me some really good perspective. And so I want to share a couple of tips from the post, as well as a couple of my own ideas. This one really stood out. It's to become less self-conscious and more God conscious. Focus on Jesus and the presence of God. When we sing praise and worship songs, this could mean focusing on the words of the songs, asking God to help you feel his presence or to help you hear what he wants you to hear from him. Something else we can do is experiment with raising your hands, kneeling, bowing down, clapping, doing any of these expressions. Did I just say experiment, even if your heart's not totally in it? Yes. As I mentioned earlier, sometimes changing our physical posture starts to change the posture of our hearts. And as we practice worshiping God with our bodies, we may find that our hearts start to be more focused on surrendering to God or exalting God. And if we're gonna experiment in a group setting or a gathering of worship, why not experiment when we're spending our own private time with the Lord at home or wherever we are? You could focus on specific Bible verses about physical expressions of worship. I mean, you could do, you could raise your hands and quote Psalm 63.4. That we already read today. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. And then pray or sing a praise and worship song in that posture. It may not feel normal or comfortable to you, but you'll be following the example of many people in Scripture and doing what Scripture commands. And the last thing you can do is focus on all the ways that God has blessed you, how he's provided for you how he's come through for you really think about all the reasons that God is worthy of worship and praise. And as you focus on these things, tell the Holy spirit that you're open and willing to worship him with your body and then see what happens. You may be surprised. Well, now we've covered the types of physical expressions of worship. We've talked about why they're important and how we can grow practicing them. But I want to come back to where we started today. Let's consider again the crowds on Palm Sunday. They took their own coats and spread them on the road for Jesus. They shouted words of praise and they waved palm branches. They didn't care what people around them thought. They were just overcome with their feelings of praise, anticipation, and hope. What can we do to express our praise and worship to God that would be similar to what that multitude of worshipers did for Jesus on Palm Sunday. Could we get caught up in a moment of worship? Could we tell God and also show him how much we love and adore him? Could we put our whole hearts into worshiping God right now? I wanna challenge everyone because of what we talked about today we're actually going to sing one more song. And whether you're somebody who already expresses your praise and worship to God with your body, or if you aren't, I encourage you to try something you've never done or do something you haven't done in a long time. Do it to physically worship God while we sing this last song. And I'd like us all to turn off our Zoom cameras, maybe not Joanne, but everyone else. So that we're not worried about other people seeing us and so we're not tempted to look at what other people are doing, but we're just focused on God. And let's let our body show the posture of praise and worship that we're taking with our hearts. Let's pray and then we'll sing our final song to close. Father God, you are holy and you are worthy of all of our praise and worship. God, you are awesome. And today we want to worship you with all that we are. God, we still need to learn more about how to do this. God, we're still growing. So we're going to have probably some fits and starts. And Lord, I know that's okay with you. I know it doesn't upset you. But God, I pray that, Lord, as we sing this last song, that we would surrender our hearts. And that, Lord, we would be willing to worship you in a way that maybe we haven't done before. God, we want to give you everything that we are and we thank you so much for who you are and all that you've done. So we just offer this to you and we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Rejoice.
0: worship be a sweet sound in the Lord's ears. Thank you all for joining us today. It's been awesome to be together this morning. We're going to transition into our mixed groups now.